Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Good morning, everyone. That was a quick little reading. But it, it was superseded by a statement that was made earlier, and that had to do with uh, forgiveness and people gathering together and, and expecting support from one another and sometimes not getting along. And so uh, you have to uh, take into consideration when you are with a group that sometimes you're going to say and do things that are not uh, necessarily good for each other. And so it requires a repentance and, and uh, asking for forgiveness. So here Peter said, how often must I forgive my brother if he sinned against me? And Jesus said, uh, well, instead of seven times, you'd have to do it 70 times seven. Now, after this context, in this context, in chapter 18 of Matthew, he goes ahead to give an illustration of a man who owed a certain amount of money to his master. As a matter of fact, it was a large sum. And the master, after the servant came to him and said, I don't have anything to pay, I can't pay you back, Please forgive me. What what can I do? And and so the master forgave him that tremendous amount of money. Later on, the man who had been forgiven was asked by someone that owed him money and labor if he could be forgiven, and the man wouldn't do it. So then the original master called this man into account for it and reminded him that of the fact that he had not forgiven, even though he had been forgiven himself. This business of forgiveness is a tough, tough concept. It's hard for us to grasp, and it's hard for us to actually put in a context of our own personal life. It simply means to cast away from. In other words, if you owe something and someone forgives you of that debt, and that that owing could be an infraction you've made against them, against their person, or or against their uh, their conscience, or even owing them some money, if they forgive it, it means that that debt is cleared up. Now, in relationship to our behavior before God, we have information that tells us that under certain circumstances, and and keeping in mind that, that when we do something wrong, whether it's to God personally or to someone else, God has the power to forgive that wrong that we've done. He has that power. Now, and they're, they're cert- under certain circumstances, and it's not under every circumstance, but under certain circumstances, God will forgive that. He will cast that away, and you don't have to answer for that. Okay. Psalms 103, verse 10 through 12 says, He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so is Great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our transgressions from us. So he has the power and the right and the authority to cast away the wrong that we've committed against him and against other people. All right. Psalms 130, verse 3 and 4 says, If thou, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with you, that you may be feared. Now the word feared here means reverenced. 
So there is, he said, there is forgiveness with you that you may be reverenced. In Psalms 32, verse 5, I acknowledge my sin unto you and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the transgressions of my sin. Colossians 2.13, bringing us into a New Testament context. It says, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Now it's expected that we will ask God for forgiveness before he grants it. In other words, God is not simply going to look out over us and say, okay, you're forgiven. You don't even have to be worried about it. Don't even think about it. That's not the way it works. It's anticipated that when we ask for God's forgiveness, that He will grant that. Psalms 51 verse 4 says, Against thee, thee only have I sinned. Now he's talking about sinning against God. And, and this is David. David. Now David committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he compounded his sin because he had Uriah put to death. Now, here he says, against you and you only have I sinned. Which means that when we sin against other people, that means that we're also sinning and mainly we're sinning against God. We're doing something against God. He said, against you and you only have I done this evil in your sight that you may be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge me. All right. Luke 15, verse 18. Now, what we're talking about is the fact that it is a personal act that we commit. Now, here's what happened with the man who uh, took all of his inheritance, a young man. He went to his father and he said, Father, give me what, is, what you're going to give me when, when you pass away. And so his father divided the inheritance and gave him his share. The young man, foolish young man. He went into a far country and he spent all of his inheritance in foolish living. Profligate living. And when he came back, he, he came back to his father and he said, here's what I'm going to say. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So he recognized that his sin was not just against his father, but it was against heaven. In 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to just forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when Jesus was on the cross, here's what he said. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now some felt that God only had the responsibility to forgive sins. And that's, of course, not, not what we know from what we, what we sang a while ago, what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is our prayer, basically our model prayer. Forgive us our sins and we forgive those who sin against us. So we, we are told, and from the text, we're told that we have a responsibility to forgive, to cast away wrongs. Just like the man who had been forgiven the enormous amount did not forgive the small amount of his servant. But he was, he was expected to do that. Now, Genesis 50 and verse 19. You remember the story when Joseph was a favorite of his father, Jacob. And Joseph was given a coat of many colors. And he was kind of a thorn in the side of his brothers because he, he pranced around that coat, I suppose, and he made everybody think that he was the favorite son. Anyway, 
he, he, he was sent by his father to see how everything was going with his brothers who were keeping the sheep in a far country. When he came, the brothers saw him coming and they recognized him by the coat. So what they did was they tossed him into a pit. They took the coat. They killed an animal. They put the blood on the coat, blood of the animal on the coat, took it back to his father and said, an animal ate him. But he was sold into bondage, into the Egyptian bondage. And from there, Joseph was elevated into a position of authority in the house, in the Egyptian's house, and then finally into the Pharaoh's house. And as a result, he was able to bring his whole family, 75 of them, back into Egypt and take care of them. And you remember the story, how that went, that, that his, brother, his father sent a son and sent another son, and finally sent his, his smallest son. And he eventually got all of his brothers and his father back down into Egypt and was taking care of them, Joseph was. And when the old man died, when Jacob died, the boys thought, uh-oh, we had it. Joseph is going to take care of us now. He's going to he, he's going to take care of us because of what we did to him. Nothing had been said, nothing had been gone on. But when the old man died, these boys thought we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to, Joseph's going to take it out on us now. And so they came to him and and asked him for forgiveness. Well, that's nice, wasn't it? Well, in that context, when they came to us, came to him in Genesis 50 verse 19, you know what Joseph said. He said, fear not, am I in the place of God? What Joseph was saying was, I don't, you sinned against God, you didn't sin against me. That's what he's saying. But they did sin against him, and they asked for forgiveness, and that was right. When Jesus was here and he was healing people, a man came to him that, that had a withered arm, and so Jesus told him, that his sin, or not with arm, but he was let down, you remember, in the midst of them because he was had palsy. And, and so when he got down there, Jesus said, uh, your sins are forgiven you. And they, somebody jumped up and said, hey, only God can forgive sins. Who are you to forgive sins? Only God can do that. So the concept they were having was that I have no responsibility to forgive sins. It's not my right or responsibility. It's God's. It's just His. Well, our text indicates that God expects us to forgive sins as well, as well as He does. Now, let's look at some things. Personal forgiveness. Our forgiveness is extended toward those who have wronged us personally. You are not expected to forgive someone who sinned against everybody else that you know or somebody else you know or your relatives or whatever it may be. God is not asking you to forgive someone that sinned in some way that did not affect you personally. If that were the case, that would be like Joseph was saying, am I God? No. Matter of fact, you have no responsibility to forgive someone who has not personally wronged you. Okay? Alright. Luke 17 at verse 3 says, Take heed yourself. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If your brother transgresses against you. Now you may see someone that does something and you may say, I'll never forgive them for that. Well, 
You're not expected to because they didn't do anything to you. Do you follow what I'm saying? Now, God is involved in that, but you're not. You're not involved in that. Whatever someone does to someone else is not your responsibility to forgive them. You see? Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any. You see now, it has to do with you. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. It's a human tendency to erroneously assume that we have been wronged when somebody wrongs someone else. That extends ourselves beyond what God expects us. We're not expected to to forgive someone that did not wrong us. Unless we're certain that someone has harmed us, there should be no expectation of an apology to us personally by that individual. Now that can happen in a number of different ways. And there is a process when somebody sins against me or I sin against you, there's a process given that was established first of all to Israel. Jesus is going to talk about in the book of Matthew 18, is what I referred to a while ago, he's going to refer to a system that was given to the children of Israel when something happened in that group of people among Israel, that family. So Jesus was anticipating the fact that Israelites, even though they were blood-related, would sometimes get on each other's nerves and do things they shouldn't do and harm one another. And there had to be some way that they could get this resolved. And the way they resolved it was in Matthew 18, verse 15 through 17. It says, Moreover, if your brother will trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he'll hear you, you've gained your brother. Okay, that's how they were supposed to do it. Go tell him what he's done. All right. If he will not hear you, take with you two or three witnesses. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. That means you go and take a couple of people that you both have confidence in, and you tell your story. He tells his story. And they, may, they are judging. They'll say, well, okay, he did not wrong you, so you don't, you don't, you're not owed an apology. Or he did wrong you, so you owe him an apology. That's the process. That's the process they had. Well, what if he says, and the witnesses say, well, you need to apologize and get it corrected. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. Okay, he said, now here's the next step. He said, and if he will neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. That's the assembly. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be able to use a heathen and a publican. So you, you tell, him, tell it to the group of people that are banded together. They're related by blood. And, of course, that would apply to us because we're related by the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, so if anything happens, if I insult you, or if I damage your property, or damage your person, or insult your integrity, you come to me and tell me. If I say, hey, get lost. I'm not, I'm not, I don't owe you anything. Well, then you take a couple of people that I respect, that you respect, and say, okay, let's get together, and let's hear that story. So I tell my side, and you tell your side, and I say, well, I don't care what you say. They, they're going to they're tell me I need to apologize. And I say, no, I'm not going to do it. Then it goes to the church. So that everybody then has something to say about it. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, at verse 1, there were the people at that time in the church 
they were having problems, and they were apparently financial problems or problems that they needed resolved that went beyond the scope of just this little incident we're talking about. And so they went to the law. They, they said, well, if, if I can't get any satisfaction in the church, I'm going to take it to the authorities, Roman authorities, as it were, or civil authorities, wherever community they were in. And Paul said, how dare you do that? Don't you dare do that. Don't you take your problems with one another to the authorities like that. He said, uh, he said, uh, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? So he's, he's shaming them about it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, it says, If you bring your gift to the altar and you remember there that your brother has something against you, okay, somebody believes that I've wronged them and, and, uh, and uh, I believe that uh, he, he, is, he has something against me, I'm supposed to leave my gift before the altar and go my way and be reconciled unto my brother, and then I can come and offer my gift. If I've done something to harm you, I can't come before God and offer my sacrifice. I've got to get that resolved. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty personal, isn't it? So, when he's talking about forgiveness, he's talking about something that's extremely personal. It's not, it's not impersonal. It's not at a distance. It's one-on-one, basically. Forgiveness, my friend, don't forget this if you forget everything else I say, is one-on-one personal. That's what forgiveness is, one-on-one personal. All right. Then, Kathy's going to have to give me, she did. Okay. If we forgive, how can I forgive? Our personal forgiveness uh, from God is based on whether or not we forgive those who have wronged us. If I won't forgive you, God won't forgive me. Now that's that's a, that's a pretty pretty powerful statement. Matthew six and verse twelve says, "As we sing this morning, forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors." And then in Matthew six fourteen it says, "If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you." The antithesis of that is, if you don't, He won't. You follow? If I won't forgive, He won't forgive. Is there a sin God will not forgive? Yes. If I don't forgive, He won't forgive. There's one. All right. If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Luke 6, verse 37, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So, if we forgive, God will forgive us. Matthew or Mark chapter 11, verse 25 and 26 says, When you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, forgiveness does not mean forgetfulness. That won't work. It doesn't work. I want to tell you something. Even God will not forget. He's not going to forget our sins. That's not the point. He put them away. That doesn't mean He won't forgive them. Remember our illustration in Matthew chapter 18? The illustration was this man was forgiven by his master. But when the man would not forgive his servant, then the master came and said, Do you remember that I forgave you? So, so God 
remembers what we've done. And we can bring it up again. He won't bring it up. As long as we'll forgive, He won't. But when we don't forgive, He will bring that up again for us. Matthew 35 says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do to you, if you forgive from your heart, forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So you see, this idea of forgetfulness, and it really doesn't work. If we forgive, God will forgive us. But when we forgive, that doesn't mean that it's completely out of our mind. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be out of our mind. This is an act that will not be forgiven. If we won't, he won't. Anyway, then as God forgives, this is the text. I'll have to. As God forgives you, that's, that's what this text says. Forgiveness from our hearts can come about in the same fashion as God forgives us. For instance, as, as Christ forgives us, meaning He'll forgive us if we will repent of our sins and if we will renew our lives and if we'll ask Him for forgiveness and change our lives. Now that's how we get forgiveness. We're not going to get forgiveness if we simply say, forgive us our sins. I'm going to go do it again. You follow? That's not, that's not the concept context of forgiveness. Forgiveness from our hearts comes about in the same fashion as He forgives us. So if I'm going to forgive you, I will forgive you in the same way as God forgives me. Right? In Ephesians 4 verse 32 says, Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. So he's saying, I forgive the same way God forgives. Easy? Someone abuses me. They come to me and say, forgive me. But I'm not going to change. I still think you're a skunk. I have no responsibility to forgive that person. There's no reason for me to forgive that person. Because that was not from the heart. Okay, I'm going to ask forgiveness. I really don't mean it. Well, we forgive as God forgives. That's the, that's the issue. That's our issue. So, when someone approaches and says, I apologize for what I did, but I think I was right. Wait a minute. Now, this happens all the time. You know that? This happens all the time between husbands and wives. I'm going to apologize, but I think you're wrong. I'm going to apologize, but I was right all along. I want you to know that I really don't mean it, but I, I know that God expects me to, to, to forgive you, but I still think you're wrong. Anyway, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Again, it's tied to, as God forgives you, you forgive them. Colossians 3.13, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So that, that formula is still there. As Christ has forgiven you, you forgive them. How does Christ forgive me? When I repent, when I'm converted, when I change my life. That's when I can expect forgiveness. I cannot expect forgiveness on any other basis. I can't. Now, Luke chapter 17, verse 3 and 4 says, Take heed to yourselves. This is, the, this is the parallel text to Matthew chapter 18 that we read a while ago about the 70 times 7. 
It says, Take heed yourselves if any brother trespass against you, rebuke him. Okay. Somebody does something wrong, and I know it to me, I rebuke them. I say, Hey, you, you shouldn't have done that. Okay. Rebuke him. And if he repent, if he changes his ways, forgive him. Simple. That's simple, isn't it? When someone says, I'm sorry, but I don't really mean it, then there's no reason to, to forgive that person for that. I, I'm not really sure about what goes on in a person's mind. I know what goes on in my mind. I, I'm, I'm, kind of, uh, I'm kind of confused about what to do when somebody says, I'm sorry, I sinned against you. I, I've had this happen a couple of times. I, I'm sorry, I, I, want, I want to ask, ask your forgiveness. And I have a feeling of saying, well, what did you do? Have you ever had that happen? Somebody comes and says, I, I repent. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for what, what I did. What did you do? What did you do to me that I need to forgive you for? It's, it's actually, we can't simply come to God and say, forgive me, Lord, for I've sinned somehow. I don't know how I did it, but I did. It's personal and it's specific. <coughs> What we've done. It says, If he trespass, trespass against you seven times a day, and seven times a day turn again to you, saying, I repent, then forgive him. But the point is, when a person says, I repent, and doesn't repent, do you have a responsibility to forgive that individual? Now, God does not offer blanket forgiveness. God offers forgiveness on the basis of our personal relationship to Him. We say to Him, Lord, I've, I've sinned. And we confess our sin. Whatever you did, you need to tell Him. He knows already, but He said we need to confess it. So we confess that sin and we turn from it. If we have no intention of turning from it, He will not forgive us. This, this is one of the conditions. He does not forgive in, the, in, the fashion, in that fashion and, and does not require that we do so. Somebody simply says, forgive me. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what, what's going on. What did I do wrong and how did I do it wrong? Can you specifically tell me something that I've done? That Did I, did I harm your person? Did I steal something from you? Did I, did I harm your reputation? What did I do? Oh, no, you, you said something that offended somebody else. Wait a minute. If I offended someone else, the someone else probably should talk to me. Well, it begins, gets, it begins to get complicated, doesn't it? God does not expect us to forget the offenses just to cast it away. So now that I'm not going to talk about forgiving someone else, I'm going to talk about getting forgiveness. How do I get it? How do I get forgiveness? Well, we've seen very clearly that to get forgiveness, I have to ask for it personally. So now, I'm going to ask for it. and I, 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 It's going to be foolish for me to think that when I ask you to forgive me for something that I've done to you, that I'm going to expect you to forget it. So as a sinner, as someone who's done something, and sometimes it's very traumatic and sometimes it's very damaging, and I ask you for forgiveness, I cannot anticipate and expect that you'll forget what I did. Matter of fact, if I don't repent and do it again, 
you may bring it up and remind me of that. Just like God reminded this man in Matthew chapter 18 of what he did. Because if I don't continue to change my life, then you have no responsibility to just give me blanket forgiveness. Yes, if I change, if I make an effort, a real effort to change, and sometimes I'll stumble and I'll do something bad again, and I may have to ask you again, but think about it in these terms. There may be real consequences from some offenses that may never go away. I may do something to you that you'll never recover from. Never. Those are consequences. And as a sinner, as someone who did it, I have to anticipate the fact that I will have to suffer the consequences for the damage I've done to you. Now, you, you may say, I forgive you, but still at the same time, I know that I've harmed you. And I have to keep that in mind. I have to keep that in mind. I have to keep in mind the fact that I've done something, I've broken something, and that when it's put back together again, there's still the fact that that's, that's mending somewhere, and I have to continue to work so that I don't rupture that relationship again. So now that I'm looking at myself, rather than looking at you, I'm looking at myself and saying, what can I expect when you forgive me? Well, I can expect that you will say, okay, I won't hold that against you anymore. You don't need to say, I'll never remember it again, because I know you will. And I don't believe that God cares whether you remember it again or not. As long as you don't hold a grudge against that person and expect them to pay for that, that damage. Put it this way. Okay. I, owe, I, I borrowed $100 from you, and I come to you and say, I can't pay, will you forgive it? You say, yes. You don't owe me that $100. Okay. You don't, I don't owe you that anymore. Then I, I turn around and I borrow another $100 from you, and then I come to you and say, I, I, I can't pay that, can you? What, what can we do? And you'll say, I'll forgive it. Well, you've forgiven that. You've forgiven that. But if someone comes to me and asks for $5 and I won't give it to them, I won't forgive them that debt, then you need to remember and remind me of the fact that you forgave a couple of hundred dollars to me and I'm just not going to forgive $5 to this guy. You see, there, there's, a, there's a consequence of my actions and what I've done in the past, I have to be aware of the fact that I need to make sure that that does not happen again. Okay? I don't want it to happen again. So I don't, I'm not really concerned about your attitude at this point. You've forgiven the debt. Now, it's my attitude. What should I do? Should I repeat that? Should I repeat that same act? I'm supposed to have repented. Okay. Now then, I, but I also have to remember the fact that you will always be sore in that point where we had a conflict. There will always be a soreness there. So I don't want to aggravate that. I shouldn't aggravate that. What I should do is do just exactly what the text says. I should be forgiven as God forgave me because I have repented of that sin and I have changed my life and I've built again the trust and the confidence in you that I need in order to restore a good relationship and for us to get past that problem. And we can do it. We can do it because... We can forgive as we're forgiven, 
And we can forgive when we repent, and we can repent to be forgiven. And that's where we should stand at this point, to make sure that when we sin against someone, we know the process. I must repent. If I expect you to forgive me, I must confess to you I, I did you wrong. And then I must repent and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in such a way that you can trust me again. I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to make sure that our relationship stays good, strong, and firm. And I'm going to expect if I trip again in the same way that you'll remember what I did before, and you'll probably remind me of it, and I deserve that. So I, in order for me to get my forgiveness, I need to be sure that I'm working at it hard personally to make sure I don't repeat the same problem that caused our difficulty to start with. Mm -hmm. That's on me. That's not on you. That's on me. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's recognize that God has forgiven us. Let's recognize that when I did something to you, I asked for your forgiveness, and you granted it. Let's recognize that when I did something wrong, God forgave me, you forgave me, and all is well with the world again. You are forgiven, I'm forgiven, and now the burden's lifted, and we can go on with our lives as we have before, trusting and enjoying one another's personal uh, presence and the promise that we have of Jesus Christ that when we walk in the light, He in the light, He'll forgive us from all our sins. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation.